0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network. Evening, everyone. Welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are brought to you by Billy Up Sports in association with Gazelle Media. The man to my right is my broadcast partner, Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are you doing tonight? How we, Have you recovered from a super wild card weekend? Hey, yo, it was pretty super, but I, I, I managed to survive. I managed to
1: survive. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that Monday night uh, game, I almost dozed off.
0: Uh, but we'll get to that. <laughs> it wasn't as wild. Well, I, I hope you didn't miss. Uh, the, I didn't hope we did. Hope you don't. I'm hoping that we don't miss any extra points like uh, Brett Meyer did. Oh, oh. We'll go through our uh, when we go through our analysis. But before we get to everything that happened during wild card weekend, and we're going to talk about the weirdest sports news related item of the week involves snakes. We mind you, that's a tease. <laughs> that's a tease for later, folks. <laughs> But we want to remind you about our social channels right down below. If you're watching on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, it's at no creds, req, facebook.com forward slash no creds, req, youtube.com forward slash at no creds, req. For watching either Facebook or YouTube, smash that like button, smash it good, but smash responsibly. We don't want anybody getting in trouble. <laughs> no, For, no. You're, no, no. If you are listening on the podcast side, our, Our our main base is Megaphone, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast. Subscribe, rate and review. Five stars. We'll always ask for five stars because we know you love us. And also review the show, and we might even read it on the air. And as always, we gotta play that beautiful beam music, Dustin. We want you to engage with the show. Here we go. I know you've been waiting all, been waiting the whole weekend for this sound. (laughs) That's right, folks. Engage with the show. We want your algorithmic engagement comments. We've already got a couple in here. We've got Dave, my buddy Dave. Let's get this party started. Absolutely. Jeff S. said he made it, and he also set an alarm and everything. So Uh very kind of you to do that. Glad (laughs) to have you both. And uh, if you're as excited as I am
1: every week about the harp music, tweet at me at LDusto67 with the hashtag TGIT. Thank God it's Tuesday. Tweet at me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> if we have any british listeners we'd... oh god <laughs> the british li- the british listeners might be object my object to it so. see that's why i had to spell it out i had to you know <laughs> all right so we're gonna get started with we're gonna wrap up the wild card week wild card weekend we want to talk about we're talking about first the first game we're gonna talk about Is the Seattle Seahawks and your and uh, well, not your uh, but the San Francisco 49ers first half, close game, second half, mm, then the second half happened. So, Dustin, what I know you're a Seahawks fan, what are your thoughts after after this uh, after this after Saturday's game, after the 49ers unfortunately. Defeated your beloved Seahawks. Oh,
1: well, this was one of the predictions that I actually got right on Friday, (laughs) on Friday, (laughs) um, as far as how I thought the game would go. Now, now, in the first half, I was in heaven, not only because I was cooking uh, chicken tenders for everybody to enjoy. (laughs) Chicken I mean, tendies, the hot dog burnt ends. We're going to try them again in the summer on my actual smoker, but I don't know. Yes, yeah,
0: yes, Kevin. We had to talk yeah. about this game. I'm <laughs> sorry. It's the first game of the week, and we have to start with it. Yes,
1: I'm so sorry, but honestly, the Seahawks were playing exactly how they wanted to play in the first half, and they were they were going in, and Pete, Pete Carroll had the team playing loose. There were some people that didn't like Pete Carroll's comments before the game. He he admitted, he said, you know, in, in some of the coverage leading up to the game, he said San Francisco, to quote him, is a frickin' juggernaut. And, you know, I think I think he was just letting his team know, like, hey, guys, let's go out there, try to shock the world. They got a great team. Let's see what we can do. I like it. I think he was keeping them loose and not, not uh, you know, not trying to let his team play and just go out there and do their best and see what happened. Um, but in the second half, unfortunately, whatever adjustments San Francisco made in the locker room seemed to have paid off. I wrote that they played pissed off. I I think that's, that's part of it. Um, but a big thing that happened is unfortunately, I think Gino, as he has a tendency to do, if everything else isn't clicking, he decides, all right, I've got, I've got to do it a bit on my own now here. And the second half is when he started trying to make some of those questionable throws, got picked Mm -hmm. off. Um, the fumble though was a killer. The Seahawks were driving, and it looked like they were gonna keep up with the 49ers. The 49ers scored right out of the half to take the lead, and then Seahawks were driving, and Gino unfortunately fumbled the ball on I think it was the maybe the 20-yard line or something. I say it's between the thirty and the forty. Okay, all right. Um so that to me sums up the game. The, Seahaw- the Seahawks tried their best, but they just came up again uh, uh, short. And in the second half, it was almost kind of like the Niners woke up and they ran into that buzzsaw defense. I mean, as I predicted, that they couldn't they couldn't stop. Um, Seattle didn't get enough pressure on Brock Purdy like I was hoping uh, that they would, and uh, the Niners certainly got pressure on um, Geno and. I don't know what the left tackle for Seattle was doing, but he kept he, oh the left was,
0: guard. The wandering oh, left nose. Guard, I, yeah. nick- okay, so i uh, the, the I forgot what his name is Lucas. Last time is yes, Lucas
1: Lucas, Abraham Lucas, yes.
0: Abraham Lucas. I have nicknamed him the wandering nose. And if those of you who play the game munchkin, uh know you'll know what I mean by why I mean the wandering nose. <laughs> because <laughs> he just because he was he was on the it was on those short pass plays that are going to be scored or there screens and also i sudden mean, you see him wandering past the line of scrimmage like Doo, do, 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 do like right yeah. here and, he and call for legal <laughs> yeah. man downfield
1: now ineligible man downfield what was that three times i think that happened uh, i
0: think it was three times and one of them was declined yeah yeah because they had lost yardage <laughs>
1: Now and and what's unfortunate is uh Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas both have performed very well. They're both rookies, but uh people are going to remember that. Um so that was not that was not his his shining moment.
0: Yeah, I, this game I, I had I had some uh, summons of hope for you there uh Dustin for your team. Uh the Untimely penalty by Chardav- Chavarius Ward at the end of the half by the uh, that was that could have been a backbreaker for the 49ers. I think I think Kyle Shanahan we went to the locker room said Do you want do you want to lose here to our division mm-hmm. rival on playoff weekend? And he must have said either he must have said something or the coaches one of the coaches another or the players got together and said No, we've come we've we're on a heater right now. We've been on a heater since end of November, and we want this ride to continue. And I think they just got so fed up with what I, I gotta give, I'll do credit. All credit is due to the Seahawks, their coaching staff, Pete Carroll, his coaching staff, the players for following the game plan because you know, I know you had so you had a lot of hope going into the half I and, did. and what it, and just to me, it just seemed like the the forty nineers just said, uh oh, we gotta wake up, and yeah, they drive right down the field the first series. And they get that touchdown. Then they get that strip sack. Then they get another touchdown. Then they get a pick. And it was after that it was. And then they had the. They, they actually the the Seahawks got the. Got that. Punt inside the uh, 49ers 26 yard line, and then that Debo catch and run touchdown. Yeah, was just the, was that was the backbreaker. That yes. was the back record and actually that that, that other t- that second touchdown before uh to McCaffrey I remember I remember you sit in your chair and you just go dang it just I, I saw you <laughs> I just yeah. heard and felt you yeah. but, uh, just go
1: bam and I'm like because there oh. was a it was at that point that I knew the the game was over, and I think I I sauntered back into the kitchen to check on the tenders, or was it the fries? I can't
0: remember. <laughs> it might have been the fries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let me also say, Dustin, I gotta give full credit to you. You've, you've hosted a couple couple uh, NFL parties at your house. I give full credit to you, man. You you put, you put out quite the spread whenever you uh, whenever you have people over. It's
1: awesome. I try, I try, man, I try, and I, I was I was super glad that you could that you could come down. There was there was. There's a couple of people that were hoping that maybe could make it. They couldn't, um, but but we'll have to do it again. And next time, I got to work on uh, desserts. I, I got to remember <laughs> people want something sweet after they eat. You know.
0: Yep, you got to have the sweet. You have the sweet with the savory. Yeah. yeah but but talking about the forty nine ers game, talking about this game, this was just this was you, you you figured the playoffs are a different animal from the regular season, and we don't know what we were going to see from Brock Purdy, but he looked every bit as good in the second half of this game as he had pretty much the entire season long. And he did.
1: He did. And the thing is, it made us, I think we were having a discussion, all of us. What does this mean for Trey Lance? I mean, I think it's yeah. fait complete. It's fate complete that Jimmy Garoppolo is gone from there. I think he ends up on another team next season. But Trey Lance, I mean, the way Brock Purdy has played, you got to wonder if they're sitting there and they're thinking – we don't have to pay him as much money, you know?
0: <laughs> no, no, that's, I, I I concur because Brock Purdy's on a rookie. He's got like the minimum rookie deal I and mean, he's going to be super cheap. And, you know, Trey Lance also is still on a rookie deal, but you know, put those two in a 10 together. I mean, the way that, that Kyle Shanahan gets his quarterbacks pretty. Doesn't matter who it is. Although, although you could argue Trey Lance was struggling until he broke had his ankle broken. Yeah. And then Jimmy Jimmy G came in. He said he's he settled on the offense. He gets hurt. Brock Purdy come Brock Purdy comes in and he gets things going. Kyle Shanahan seems to have these quarterbacks up and ready to run, mm-hmm. ready to go. No matter who's no matter which quarterback is in that lineup, they're ready to go. They know the playbook. They know where their receivers going to be. They know what they know what works for the run game. and it's it, the way this 49ers team has been playing uh, has been simply awesome yeah over the last 10 weeks over the last uh, 10 weeks or 11 weeks now. So now we're gonna get to the Saturday night cap, which was the Chargers at the Jaguars. How does Brandon Staley still have a job? Oh,
1: man, well, I, I I saw today that it was the OC and the QB coach that got yep. let go. Yep. I how is it on them? Yeah, yeah. Um, I really because because like it or not, you know the buck stops with the head coach. You know that the head coach assembles that staff. The head coach it is re- his responsibility to oversee everything and make sure that that everybody's ready to play and everybody's ready to do their job. And I think these I think these two gentlemen were the, were the scapegoats, the um, scapegoats rather. And I just, you know, I, and I was making jokes. I have to confess here because everybody else on the, on the, on our panel on Friday picked the Jaguars and I was I was co- I was not confident in the chargers but I picked them and in the first half I was confident and when you had to you had some uh some commitments early in the morning so you had to head out a little early and I made a joke to uh the other people that were there uh my uncle and Scott I made a joke I said uh Oh, Ryan had to leave early because he picked the Jags, you know, he didn't want to be here. He didn't want to be here. You know, I made this joke and, but then
0: I did feel stupid. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, this is good. This is going to, Dustin is going to rub it in on Tuesday. No, no. But then, but
1: then it just, you could tell, you could start to tell that the, that the chargers were nervous. You could see it in their team mm-hmm. energy and they started playing not to lose. You can't do that in the NFL. and, and, Meanwhile, old brassy Doug, Doug Peterson—he's over there. Like you could, the Jaguars were so calm, and it was almost like they knew they were going to just come back. They knew it. They—it was a tale of two halves because the the the. the the Chargers had obviously the big lead and they only scored three points the entire second half. How yeah. you manage that with a roster with Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert on it, not to mention the defense, which was the Chargers defense was playing lights out in the first half. They picked off Tre- Trevor Lawrence four times four
0: times Kevin makes a great point says what did the quarterback coach have to do with the chargers only calling eight running plays in the second half here's my question what did the I I get the OC has a say in it but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's Brandon Staley's decisions it's his it's his dumb little sheet that he has folded in his pocket about which plays are running which plays working it's like and you're up 27 nothing yeah if you're up 27 nothing Good coaches, and I'll say, good to great coaches. They bleed that clock. Yes. they bleed that clock. They go on long drives. You know, mostly run heavy with some passes. If you need a third, if you have a third and short, you know, you get maybe do a play action pass or have another run. You bleed the clock. You absolutely just drain that clock and give you give no chance for your opponent to catch up. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened? They decide. Oh, yeah. we're gonna pass. Oh, we're gonna pass. Oh, we're gonna pa- we're gonna throw the ball. We're gonna throw the ball. We're gonna throw the ball. It's like they went into pa- it's like it's like it's like Staley went into panic mode. Yeah, in the second half.
1: Yeah, and 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 the thing is also like no insult to any NFL running back, but it's not like you've got some some rookie out there who's who's never really been in a playoff situation before, and maybe he. You know, maybe the situation might be too big for him. And you know, so you're like, ah, we can't put it on this guy's shoulder to bleed out the clock. You have you have Austin Eckler, by yep. all accounts, one of the best running backs in the game. Also, if you're if you want to pass a little bit, do a short screen to Eckler. Everybody yep. in the stadium knows it's going to him, but still, mm-hmm. you want to pass, do a screen pass. Anything to take time off the clock. And they didn't do, they didn't do that at all. No, they didn't do that at all. And I and you have to wonder how much, if any, is on uh, Justin Herbert. Now, Justin Herbert is just trying to go out there and execute what the coaches tell him. And I don't think he's up there, you know, calling audibles and saying, screw you to Coach Staley. I don't I don't I don't get the vibe that he's that type of guy, but also he's he's got to make some plays or he's got to help inspire the team and say, hey, let's go out and Okay, they scored a couple of touchdowns. Let's go out and, uh, and and get the momentum back here. Let's do something. You know, I yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah, and then I think I think part of it was part of it's the experience. That was what Staley's first playoff game mm-hmm. as head coach, and there was a lot of guys. that so it was their first playoff experience. So, but you can't sit. But that's not the excuse for a guy a team that actually also has a lot of veterans on that team Khalil Mack's a veteran mm-hmm. uh van Kyle Van Noy he's a veteran and yeah you, you you can't you can't not lose a you can't lose a game when you force the opposing quarterback to throw four interceptions in the first half that's the dis- that's a disaster that's a recipe for disaster oh, yeah yeah uh, and again and, and what and what did I say what did I say what did I say on Friday I don't trust Brandon Sting. Staley. I have yeah. not trusted him all year, and when the biggest moment came, when the biggest moment of the season came in the second half. He vanished. He vanished. Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta give it,
1: <laughs> I gotta give it to Scott. uh You know, we're watching the game. He said, he says to me. He turns to me. We're drinking old fashions. He turns to me. He goes. Does Staley survive this? He goes. Does he get fired on the tarmac after the game, <laughs> like Lane Kiffin? He's, you know, fired,
0: he's <laughs> fired in the no. He should have gotten fired in the field, like Herm Edwards did oh, in, in, in October. Man. Oh, leave him That's in Jacksonville. What? Make him take his own play. Make him, make him take his own. Is uh, it take him his own plane home?
1: Yeah, you know, he's out. at the scratch. <laughs> shout out to Scott. I know. I know he listens. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how Brendan Staley survived this, especially with your (laughs) clairvoyant powers, because I think Trevor Lawrence should not be celebrating at a Waffle House. He should be buying (laughs)
0: you a lifetime supply of
1: Waffle House. He should
0: should get me a, you know what? Trevor Lawrence, I know you're listening. You're a big fan of the podcast. Shout out, Trevor. Shout out to to Trevor, Big Trev. Send me a jersey. I'll become a Jaguars fan.
1: (laughs) There we go. There we go.
0: Now, You've been challenged. And, and this <laughs> double I mean, extra large, please. <laughs> they
1: be they could continue to be a sleeper because what does that do for Trevor Lawrence's confidence? He throws four interceptions. He's got to be feeling terrible. But then you know what? It, you know who knows what Doug Peterson said to him. But I assure you that in some form, Doug Peterson went over to him and said, "Hey, we are not out of this game." Let's do this thing, and they did. And some of those calls that Doug Peterson made, some of the plays oh, that, that he-
0: fourth and one, oh, yes. that was glorious. Yes. That was a great play.
1: No, he's he really he's becoming one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. He really is. Just the the he plays with reckless abandon. He calls plays with reckless abandon, but it's controlled. You know yeah. he. He, Riverboat Doug does not have the same same uh ring as Riverboat Ron, but we gotta come up with something. Uh I don't know. All in Dangerous Doug. Doug. Dangerous, dangerous Doug Doug, P- push dangerous, Doug Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> dangerous Doug down in Duval. Yeah, Duval.
0: <laughs> oh man. But it, I think that's the, that was the X factor for the game was Doug Peterson's play the play calling his play calling. And he's a guy who speaks quarterback cause he was a quarterback in this league for a long time. He studied, he studied under Andy Reed who basically taught him everything you need to know about coaching. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that was the X factor right there was, was the fact that Doug Peterson was, may have talked to him separately on this. May have talked to him on the side in the, in the locker room and just said, listen, you know, it's okay. If, if you four picks, it's okay. We're going to win this game. Just listen to me. Trust me. Watch listen to my play calling. This is what we're going to do. And he went out and did it. They pulled off the third. Was it the third largest comeback in NFL history? Yes. Or in playoff it, history?
1: Yeah, I think so. In playoff history. Yeah. In the history of the playoffs. It was the third largest. Yeah.
0: So before we go to the next game, we're going to give some more, more, uh, more shout outs to our comment section. Dave, y'all talking about here about talking about football. I'm here getting distracted by Ryan's dome. You're jealous? <laughs> you jealous, Dave? <laughs> mm, feels good.
1: <laughs> there it is. And when you're getting ready in the morning, hey, you don't really have to. You know, some steps are missing. Like yeah, I got to make sure this. I got to make sure this mangy nest looks somewhat presentable.
0: You don't have to worry about that. I did I actually went back to beard balm this weekend. It's it smells good and it makes my beard look awesome. Uh, yeah, it's so, it's working out, so yeah, man. It's working, it's working. Uh Jeff says, and then the more talented team took over. Let's talk about the 49ers team. Then the more talented team took over. Was hoping for Seattle myself by upset pick of the weekend and feeling good to half then. Oh my. Yep. Yeah. And Kevin says the Cowboys are going to wish the Seahawks hadn't woke up the juggers, the, the Niners juggernaut. Yep. I think yep. so. Rod on Centered Podcast. What's going on, Rod? He says, "What up? What's up, fellas? Enjoying the cigar with the Join the show with a nice cigar, man. We're jealous." Oh, that we're yeah, jealous. that's
1: awesome. That's Jeff awesome. He- Let us know what you're smoking out there. Maybe a yeah. Romeo e Julieta,
0: I don't know. Hey. Jeff Jeff's got Ruben Coke. Kevin Wills Kevin says uh Eckler was a running back one in football this year. Yep, he was. He was. He was. And you didn't
1: and they didn't use him. They didn't use him in a playoff game to 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 run the clock out.
0: Yeah. Big mistake, uh, Jeff says. Was was it just me, or was the game-winning field goal short as it was, barely inside the upright? So close. It did look inside, look closely inside the upright. But the thing is, like, I I think there was a way that the they positioned themselves on the field. Yeah, it did look like it was, it snuck in the upright. If they had moved closer to the middle of the field, it wouldn't have been so tight. Uh, the field goal wouldn't have been so tight. So. No, it's, uh, you know, Jaguars live on to go to Kansas City. That actually might be a more entertaining game than we think, than everybody thinks. Perhaps. Yeah. Get the master and the student, Andy Reid versus dangerous Duval, dangerous Duval, Doug Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to talk about Sunday's afternoon tilt, Dolphins and the Bills. This was an interesting game. Yeah, uh, the Bills should have ended it. I think the Bills should have ended it earlier. Uh if if uh if they go up 14 0 and they're up 17 6, and then Josh Allen throws this deep ball uh to Shakir and he doesn't hold on to the ball. If he holds on to the ball, Bills score and they're up 24 6 at the half. Instead, it's a flip, it's a three point, it's a it's a four, it's basically a three point flip. The punt they, kicked the, they punt the ball, Dolphins return it inside Buffalo territory. They get the field goal to then the, to end the half, and at one point, Dolphins were up in this game in front of a rabbit home crowd yeah. at Rich Stadium, and it it, it looked like it, it looked like the the Dolphins were going to go for the, have the biggest upset of the of the playoffs. And Buffalo turned things around. They they got up ahead. They hung on. Uh, but I've got some I've got some problems. Uh, the The Bills were exposed in this game. Uh, they were exposed on both sides of the ball, particularly on offense. Their offensive line they gave up seven sacks to the Dolphins. Yes. And now the defensive line, to their credit, had four. But there were times when when Skylar Thompson looked untouchable. And he was throwing the ball around. So, so Dustin, what are your thoughts on this game, uh, Dolphins Bills? Do you think that the Dolphins could have stole this one? Oh yes, to me this was the
1: surprise of the weekend. Um, because I tuned, I I tuned in, and I I had made no bones about it. I I said, you know what? I have to work. I'll keep I'll, I'll keep the game on the iPad but I won't really be watching all that closely because I feel like it's just going to be a blowout. This thing could be over by halftime and very early on. It looked like I was right. And the bills were up, you know, they were up the way they were. And it just, to me, it seemed like, it seemed like that maybe the Bills were so intent after everything that's happened this year and everything that happened with DeMar, DeMar Hamlin just a few short weeks ago. I think the, the Bills put a lot of pressure on themselves and they knew mm-hmm. that everybody was expecting them to just demolish the Dolphins, You know, especially when you found out that not only was uh, Tua not, not going to be able to play somewhat unsurprisingly – but also Teddy Bridgewater's not playing, and then they know. Oh. Okay, we've got Skyler Thompson in here, and I think that they were putting so much pressure on themselves to go out and win one for Demar that I think it almost cost them. Particularly Josh Allen, you could almost see, yeah, the 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 pressure on his face because he had he had what he threw those two interceptions, and I think he I, th- I want to say he had three fumbles. I, something crazy. His his turnovers or It might have only been one fumble, three turnovers at one point when I was watching, but the one fumble, he fumbled the ball, and then the Dolphins went and they and they fell on it in the end zone for a touchdown. You know, it, and as a team like that, you, and you could see that confidence almost buoy the Dolphins, and they're thinking, "Hey, we can we can do this." Yeah. And Jalen Waddle didn't even have a catch until the fourth quarter, but he started showing up big for the dolphins. He really, and uh, I mean, we all knew that Tyreek Hill was fast, but I think sometimes he has these plays where you just feel like he, he jumps off of the screen. Like when he's running there, there are many, many, many fast players in the NFL. And I just feel like Tyreek Hill routinely outruns them all he makes them look like they're like they're just jogging and he's running at a full sprint it's unbelievable but I was happy that the Bills were able to kind of right the ship and maybe this is the turning point that they needed maybe this was the wake-up call and maybe they they just maybe in a weird way relieved some of the pressure because maybe they feel relief now and they're like okay we got past this but as as you pointed out there are definitely some holes in this bills team they are not they are not the the invincible juggernaut we we thought that they were and honestly this was this turned out it would turn out to be the theme of the weekend for me i mean um any team can beat any team <laughs> because hmm. There's, there was an even more surprising score for me later on the slate, but I, I would – well, I wouldn't say even more, but the Dolphins and Bills were definitely the, the surprise of the weekend. I think the Bills were playing extremely tight, and maybe this will allow them to loosen up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, look at the stat line. Josh Allen, three fumbles, one loss fumble. Uh, okay, Naeem so I was Hines, right about that. Naeem Hines also had a fumble in this game. Yeah, it's, it it, it – it, was anyone's game in the third early in the third quarter and Buffalo scores those two touchdowns. They go up by 10 Miami scores a touchdown they get within three and it just seemed like it was was a bit of attrition on both sides. And do you think do you think uh, Singletary got that first down? See, I don't know. Looking back at it, I mean, and when I
1: first saw it, I I said I don't I don't think he I don't think he did, but you, you know there were there were so many plays in that game like that you're just wondering. And I mean, even at the end of the game, and I'm not saying that I I think the Dolphins would have won, but how do you end up with no timeouts at the end of the game if you're the Dolphins mm-hmm. for that? You know that that's a little bit clock management is is, is a little suspect there, but. Man, this game just had so many, there were so many odd, odd things. Yeah, And I remember, I remember I was listening, you know, people have mixed mixed feelings on Tony Romo calling the game. But he said, he said, the longer the Bills let the Dolphins hang around here, the more the pressure is going to ratchet up for him. And, he, and he's right about that.
0: Yep. Yep. And Jeff says, my dolphins, that fourth and one with what looked like a player down, then no official timeout, reset clock, though, but we still couldn't get the get the snap off right near the end. Um, I'm not sure if it was if though if he was referring to the single run uh that looked to me like it could have been he, I think it was short. Yeah, I mean I, I think it was short. it would have been, been fourth and it would have been fourth and inches, but I think they just gave them the gave them the call because they figured, all right, well, there's no really no concluding evidence uh to say that he didn't get the first down. So I don't know. Oh, well, well, it also goes on to say third string quarterback can't get the ball off on time, maybe on coaches to called two timeouts earlier in the second half to save them. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might have been in the coaches too. Mike McDaniel, another coach, another coach the first time in the playoffs, Mike McDaniel. Yeah. And you know, he's uh they did a good job coaching this team. They went eight and three for the first what, eleven weeks of the season. They went on that get and they went on that slide, and they went. Uh, they went. Managed to sneak into the playoffs. I don't know what's going to happen with the Dolphins' quarterback situation um, for next year. Uh, some people are saying Lance. Uh, uh, they're saying some people are saying Tom Brady's coming to town. Some are saying Lamar Jackson's coming to town. I don't know if they'll be. Uh, I don't know if they'll be the be able to afford Laura Jackson. They've got two; like, they've got their cap wrapped in two players right now, uh, and that would be Tyree Kill and Brandon Chubb. And and Brandon Chubb was a force in this game too. He had a he had, he had one of the strip sacks that almost caused a turnover in the fourth quarter. So, or in the third quarter? Well, maybe it was the fourth quarter. I yeah, Can't remember. It was late yeah, in the game. Tough. <laughs> <It's>, uh, yeah. <laughs> So many things went on, uh, but uh, Brady. I don't think he goes. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Brady. We'll talk about him in the Buccaneers sec- in the, with the Buccaneers game. Uh, but Miami's got some questions to answer in terms of their quarterback situation. They couldn't keep Tua healthy this year. Teddy Bridgewater couldn't stay healthy, and they went had to rely on a, a third string quarterback, a rookie, to save their season, and he almost Brady. did it. Yeah. to them, he almost did. He did. Really it. did. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break from our friends at Invader Coffee and we'll come back and we'll we'll talk about the last three games of this weekend. So stay tuned. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good, quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic, air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air roasted, 100% money back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com and our promo code bellyup at checkout and receive 15% off your order. That's right folks. Link in the description if you're listening, if you're listening on the podcast side or if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, link in the description to help the show out. Put in the promo code Billy up, get fifteen percent off your order. Delicious, delicious coffee from our friends at Invader Coffee. I'm enjoying the the jolly Java. Dustin, I know you enjoy the coffee, and you know, you, you sung their praises before as well. Oh yeah, I'm
1: getting down on that cookie crumble right now. Still. Hey. <laughs> right, hey. trying to make it last. I'm only having it on weekends because I'm like, I gotta make this last here.
0: <laughs> you just want Christmas to last. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, sometimes,
1: <laughs> yeah, especially in the like this period in January and early February, you're just like, man, you're not quite into the the swing of the of the new year yet.
0: Nope, no, but you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. So, bitter you know, coffee can help you. So, decaffeinate to, to caffeinate yourself with some. Premium roasted coffee. All right, let's move on to the late afternoon game Giants at Vikings. Man, what a game this was! Wow, this was probably the most entertaining game of the entire weekend. And throughout the game, you could kind of sense the Giants were just the Giants came out and now they granted they gave they they spotted the Vikings a seven nothing lead, but then they decided to play some smash mouth football throughout the entire game. I love smash mouth football. This is a this is a this team. Man, I don't know about this about this team. I said, I said, I think in October, or late October or early November, I said one of the teams that was going to be in the Super Bowl, it could be in the Super Bowl in Phoenix, was going to be the New York Giants, and this was the game to prove that they have what it takes to go to the to to go far, and they flat out did it. They did it by punching the Vikings in the mouth mm-hmm. repeatedly at times. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but to me, this is a very entertaining game. My bro- my my big brother Jim, he was uh, practically having a coronary all game long because <laughs> he's a because uh, he is a because uh, he's a Giants fan. But Dustin, let's get, let me get your thoughts about this game. What was uh, what was uh, what were your thoughts about the the Vikings Giants game?
1: Well, I'll keep it I'll keep it short and succinct because there were there were there was a point in the second half where. You know, um, both offenses just decided, okay, we're going to ramp things up now, and it seemed like it seemed like both teams were scoring, going up and down the field, um, but. I knew the giants were going to pull it. We called this game. We all Mm -hmm. called this game and we listed the reasons we listed the negative point differential for that, for the Vikings. We listed that their defense had given up, you know, uh, I forget how many yards I mentioned it in earlier shows. The Vikings defense is not good. The giants defense has showed promise repeatedly throughout the, throughout the year. And you knew I mean you just knew Saquon was running. He's he's had a heck of a season. Is Daniel Jones was this his arrival party? I would say this was one of the best games of his career. Certainly, you know, he looked efficient with the football. He looked like he was making good decisions. He he just looked poised for the first time in a while, and you're thinking, hey, maybe. This is the Daniel Jones that was meant to be there all along. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the first time he feels like he has a stable coaching staff, a, a staff that believes w- believes in him. He's had to deal with so much turnover, so it was nice to see Daniel Jones finally. I think it it feels like the light bulb went off for Daniel Jones a bit this year, so that helped. But also, I mean, and I and I and I hate to keep, I hate to keep. Uh, trouncing on the vikings here but it just is power through it <laughs> the vibe with this the vibe with this team even like on the broadcast they were saying they had bud grant bud grant there and they're saying they're hoping that he brings some luck to the franchise they they bud they, Grant's still alive my yes. god <laughs> but they didn't, but they didn't You know, I'm going to debut right now. I'm going to debut my Kirk Cousins Halloween costume, and here it is. And I've seen this look so many times in games this year, but also in this game. I I pointed at the TV while I was watching, and I said, there it is. This is what happens. This was Kirk Cousins coming off the field when when he missed a throw. He would come off the field, he'd shake his head, he had this look, and he would do the the thing where he just, you know, where they aggressively pulled down their the the straps on their helmet, mm-hmm. the chin strap. You could see just the frustration, but that that is how I remember Kirk Cousins. I'm sorry, because he does that so many times. There's so many times where he he misses throws or he tries to force something. For it's almost it's a little bit of a parallel with the chargers for as much talent as the vikings have they certainly didn't play like it the giants played like they had a chip on their shoulder the giants played united that defense played like they had something to prove and they wanted to prove that they should have beaten the vikings earlier in the year this was a Mm -hmm. game for the giants and they
0: got it let me let me give two two other thoughts Isaiah Isaiah Haskins,
1: for I think the Giants.
0: Yeah, let me let me let me double check that here. Oh well, well, their best receiver on the field was was uh oh Isaiah Hodg- Hodgins Hodgins Hodgins. Sorry. Okay. Ever since he he joined the team, he's been their best receiver. Like he, he literally came out of nowhere and became a, he was their best receiver. Um, two. Or B, whichever I was going. <laughs> Saquon Bark, Saquon Barkley's getting a contract. He's getting a big contract this year. Yep. Yep. He... And Daniel Jones is going to stick around as a as a Giant. I, th- I think I... they've both earned their. I think they've both earned it. And for as much crap as Daniel Jones has gotten, because the Giants selected him in the first round in twenty nineteen. For as much crap as he's been getting, because he had the wrong coaches and he had the wrong systems. Brian Dable. I think Brian Dable deserves coach of the year. Yeah. yeah just yeah, based I... off this, off this, just based off what the giants did. He did with the giants this year. And based on what he's done with Daniel Jones, he's, he's, he's breathed life into Daniel Jones as a quarterback. And he's revived what was going to be a bust that was Saquon Barkley's career. He, I know in, in 2020, in 2020, he tore his ACL against the Bears. Mm-hmm. And last year was kind of a meh season for him. But this was the breakout year. This was the year that every Giants fan, and I think any football fan wanted to see from Saquon Barkley. If you're if you're a respectable football fan, you are actually happy about what's been happening with Saquon Barkley this year. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, from, from myself, for myself, on a fantasy football perspective, yeah, he won me a title. Yeah, <laughs> and guys, I haven't gotten that belt yet. Where's that belt, man? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I I have to say,
1: and I'll give I'll give credit where it's due. I I listened to the Fantasy Focus uh, Football podcast, and Stefania Bell said at the beginning of the season, she said Saquon will be healthy this year. He will have a a reclamation season. Saquon talked to me. He told me that he didn't feel 100% last year. He came back, but she said sometimes with the injury he had, it takes a long time to fully recover. And she said that she spoke to him, and he said – this, I feel 100%. I feel better than I have. And she said, to me, it rang more than just preseason speak. You know that whole thing, the old yeah. cliche with the baseball players, I'm in the best mm-hmm. shape of my life, all that? She said, this is different. And she's been proven right. And, and, it, and it's like her timeline lined up when she said sometimes it takes some people – longer to heal from this injury I don't think Saquon was healed last year and I think that he is fully healed now he's healthy he looks great and part of it has probably got to be Dable's scheme I mean mm-hmm. Dable has I have to co-sign your your coat your pick for coach of the year there there are a lot of coaches there are Philadelphia Eagles fans that are going to scream Sirianni from the rooftops Um, we have been very complimentary of Doug Peterson on this show. I think he, he would be the only one that would be in the same realm, but in one year, Brian Dable has turned around the culture and you can tell the giants believe that they can win. And also I'm always big about giving Kyle Shanahan the credit he deserves for dealing with all the injuries that he's dealt with. The giants also had next man up. So many of their wide receivers went down heck Darius Slayton in this game makes a big play and then he goes down and it is just the receivers come in and they, and they, they manage to catch the balls. They managed to get it done.
0: Yep. You also got to give full credit to the giants defense as well. Yeah. Uh, I want to say they bled, on the passing game, I mean, Kirk Cousins had 273 yards, but they limited Dalvin Cook.
1: Yeah, that's the big 60 one. 60
0: yards, 60 yards. And also have a new, you know, we talk about Kirk being too changed, Kirk two changed Cousins. Well, I have a new nickname for, for Kirk Cousins, Kirk check down Cousins. <laughs> what are you doing on fourth and eight? And you're throwing it down in the check down tight end who is blanketed by the Giants' best. Best safety cover safety. Come on, yeah. I mean, I know
1: Hawkinson had a great game, but he did too. Yeah, <laughs> he's not gonna get it done though. That's not gonna get it done. Oh man, should we say let Dalvin cook? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I love Dalvin cook as a player. I feel that he runs physical. He, but yes, the I mean, you are right. The Giants defense did, uh. A wonderful job. And you, I have to credit you, you have been singing the praises of the Giants defense since probably about week four on this show.
0: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We're into more comments here. My buddy Sick Diggy from Snowman, the Snowman comments section, he says, excuse me. (laughs) No credentials required. Is brought to you by Bron Bron Joy Juice, the drink of Bron Sexuals. Made, what, made with 100% organic seal milk. <laughs> <laughs> he also says, hello, Mr. McAfee. Thanks, to, thanks, you I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Jeff says, New York at Minnesota. My second game, Ryan says, agreed. Uh, Sikhti, talking about Daniel Jones. You mean his coming out party? Yes, absolutely. This was definitely uh, it almost. It, the, I think it was, I think the, the stat was that he was the first quarterback with over 300 yards passing. 70 yards rushing and two touchdowns in the same game for a quarterback. Yeah, that some I mean... Some sort of ridiculous stat like that.
1: I mean, not, you know, ridiculous
0: as, I mean, not ridiculous as in, oh, this is just another crap stat we're putting out here, but it's, it's like, wow, that's really awesome. Good for him.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, and I saw this thing on Instagram earlier in the year, and it was a clip of some Giants uh, players, and they were calling... <laughs> They were calling uh Daniel Jones Vanilla Vic, and I'm like, "I don't know about oh, all that.
0: Come
1: on, that's a terrible nickname, but you could see why they made the michael the Michael Vick comparisons with a stat line like that. You know, I don't think Daniel Jones is on the level of a Michael Vick as far as the athletic ability and everything, but man, he is a dual threat to be sure,
0: yeah, yeah. And he'll probably get, he's probably under himself a new contract with the Giants this year, unless he decides to go, unless he decides to go test the waters of free agency somehow. But I think, I think, uh, Joe Shane is going to make him an offer he can't refuse. So that's just me. That's just my opinion about that matter. All right. Moving on to the nightcap, Ravens at Bengals. Bengals come away with a 24 17 victory. This was a strange game. This is a very strange game. Considering what happened the week before when the Bengals, threw all over the place against the Ravens. Now, the Ravens, both teams had had wrapped up their playoff spots. Uh, this is the Bengals' ninth win in a row. Uh, not counting the regular season, this is their ninth win in a row, but they had to do it unconventionally uh, with their defense coming through. I mean, this is a weird game, Dustin. What, what are your thoughts about this game?
1: Well, I, this was the other game that really shocked me. It wasn't quite as shocking as the Dolphins and the Bills uh, final score. But it it was darn close. And I'll tell you, I was shaking for a while because uh, the Bengals have been my pick for the hottest team in the NFL. And I, I have been saying with relative confidence that I think they're going to get back to the Super Bowl to represent the AFC. But, wow, did they look shaky. And I just thought that they would blow Baltimore off the field. I mean – you astutely mentioned that Baltimore's defense is good. It's it's not Ray Lewis heyday good with Ed no. Reed back there and all these things, but it's better than people think. Um, uh, the days of Terrell Suggs are long gone, but they still have some players on this defense. But man, I just thought Cincinnati had the horses to to you know to run away with it, to be sure, and they just did not look they just did not look crisp at all in this game and i was not expecting it and and they needed an improbable to me improbable you know um uh huntley was was going to go into the end zone he tried to reach the ball over forget my hands in the shot there it was a natural <laughs> reaction um but he he reaches and he fumbles and it just happens to land in a Bengals uh, defensive player's hand, and he and like a and he takes off ninety eight yards the other way. It required oxygen after the play. <laughs> Big man was rumbling there.
0: But, yeah, Sam. That was Sam Hubbard.
1: <laughs> yeah, out of Cincinnati. He's a hometown. Yeah, I was gonna say he's a hometown guy. Um, but that that play was improbable. If Hunley if Hunley puts that ball in this this game, in my opinion, is over and mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder what they could have done if if um if, uh, oh man, why? why Lamar Jackson If Lamar was in there, you have to wonder what they could have done if Lamar was in there. And to me, also, Cincinnati barely escaped. and i don't I don't know if this with the bills, I felt like the bills were gonna turn it around. But Cincinnati, I was worried for a while. And like you said, When you think of Cincinnati, you think of their offense, you know, humming on all cylinders. They've got all they've got all the weapons that they have and they have Joe Burrow. He's proven that he's a star in this league. But it was the Bengals defense that had to had to uh, help them to victory. But this game, to me, I think there's problems in Baltimore. I, I think there's some things going on. You have J.K. Dobbins coming out, and you have you have him making comments. You know, why don't you give me the ball in that situation? I should have the ball in that situation. That sounds
0: very familiar. If you're a Seahawks fan,
1: yes, yes, <laughs> yes, it does. It's you know, it. it Sorry, I had to bring. Up.
0: I had to bring it up. <laughs>
1: it's true. Run, run the dang ball, you know. Um, but you just have to wonder, and then, and then the whole thing that's brewing with Lamar, for what it's worth. I do think that Lamar, you know, I'm I'm torn on the issue, but I lean much more towards Lamar with the injury he has. Only only he really knows how he feels trying to play mm-hmm. on it. And I brought it up on on Friday's show, Robert Griffin III was never the same after he tried to play that game. He yep. and they showed a clip of it and I had forgotten this part. He went to do a scramble in the rain and and he just collapsed on the field the Seahawks players went to went to sack him in that game and they didn't even they didn't even have they just let him fall they did not touch him because he was just everything was shredded he could not go on that and and thank goodness that did not happen with Lamar Jackson I know there are some people that feel that he's got to be out there but you know you never can tell with these types of injuries um, but yeah, I think there's some issues in Baltimore for sure. And I oh, hope yeah. Cincinnati gets it right. And, uh, that we see them play at their full powers, so to speak next game.
0: So all that happened with JK Dobbins and John Harbaugh and, and John Harbaugh with the, with the spicy sideline interview. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, you shouldn't have, he shouldn't have spoken to her like that. It's like, they're, they're trying to do mid game adjustments. Yeah. Like, why do you want to talk to the coach? When they're doing mid game adjustments, like he, yeah. he 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 channeled his inner Nick Saban he <laughs> during that clip.
1: He did, he did. Uh, and and you know I understand sideline reporters. You know they're good at what they do. They're just trying to go out there and ask their job and 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 do their jobs. But the thing is, these like in game these in game interviews what purpose do they serve? The coach is never really going to give you any answer other than the canned, you know, I thought we did this. Well, we need to work on this. We'll try to make adjustments for the second half. You know, that's, they're going to say some variation of that. So what purpose do they serve?
0: Right. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. I mean, if they're, if if you're going to ask somebody, ask sideline personnel (laughs) Yeah. or just don't have them at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's an extra job for somebody to do great, but it's, does it really matter to the to the person at home who's watching? Not really, mm-hmm. not really. All right, we're gonna give it a couple comments before we move on to the last game. Monko the same. Thanks for watching. Quote: This was a strange game. Unquote. Is the Cincinnati Bengals theme this season? <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff had mentioned Roquan Smith. Now, I gotta say some. I, I gotta say about this. Roquan Smith earned his contract. But I think it's going to be the undoing of the of the Ravens when they try to sign when they try to re-sign Lamar Jackson. Uh, I know he kind of bet on himself this year. Didn- things didn't really work out in terms of trying to g- grab a big money deal. Uh, I personally think, and, and you mentioned it, Dustin, the tox the supposed toxicity in the locker room with the J.K. Dobbins saying what he said. This might I think we see I think we've seen Lamar Jackson in a in a Baltimore Ravens uniform for the last time. Mm-hmm. I, I think he could be out of there. He could be he could be in a number of places next year. He could be a Jet, could be a Raider, could be a Buccaneer. Uh some people are saying the Dolphins, although I think again, they're they got too much money wrapped up in two yeah. in grand total of two players. It's gonna be very hard for, for them to sign him. But I think he's going to so, what up somewhere, anywhere else but Baltimore, unless Baltimore says, "Okay, we'll throw this much money. Come, put, come back and play with us." Yeah, yeah. My but, opinion.
1: You know, and I, and I don't know much about the contract situation other than than what I've heard. You know, on ESPN and some other some other outlets and some account, but apparently, Baltimore. There are people that that feel that that Lamar Jackson's camp thinks that Baltimore lowballed them with that first offer and that, you know, this is also contributing to the to the situation. So um, because they were comparing it to the contracts, the guarantees that Russell Wilson got and another player uh, whose name escapes me. So so there I think Kyler Murray. Yes, Kyler Murray. Yes, it was Kyler Murray. Thank you and um you know obviously lamar feels that he is at minimum on the level with both of those players and if he has the confidence level that most athletes have and you got to have it in yourself he probably feels that he is superior to both of those players in terms of skills and and um at the quarterback position so
0: yep so we're going to move on to the last game of super duper extra special wild card weekend. And that is the Cowboys and Buccaneers on Monday night. I think our entire panel got this wrong. Most of America probably got this wrong, (laughs) except unless you're, unless you're in Dallas, this was awfully surprising for this game. score was very surprising for a number of reasons. Um, I figured Tampa has got the home field advantage. Yeah, they finished with an under five hundred record, but they, the home field advantage. Todd Bowles is going to try to scheme up something to to counteract Dak Prescott, and it blows up in his face. Hmm. Dak throws for four touchdowns, run for runs for another one. Cowboys took took the early lead, and they led wire to wire. Yep. And this was just a it, it was it was an impressive dismantling of a Buccaneers team that. You know, it's their record reflects who they are. Uh, Bill Parcells said it best. Your record reflects who you what team you are. And the Buccaneers weren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> All season yeah. Up. It and and I
1: will say, you know, and part of me and I have had a lot of mixed feelings about Tom Brady um, throughout the throughout his football career. You know the combo of Brady and Belichick. I think, I think now that they're broken up, it's a little better. But I went through my periods where I, I just didn't want to see them in the playoffs anymore, either of them. I, I was tired. But I found myself, and I, and I don't hate the Cowboys. Contrary to to, to popular belief, I don't, I don't hate them at all. I don't dislike them even. Uh, but I just kept waiting for the time. Okay. Tom Brady's gonna gonna find a way to turn it on. He's gonna find a way to rally the troops. But and I've noticed something because I had to watch the entirety of that Bucks game in in Germany against my Seahawks, and I've and I've seen a fair bit of the Bucks this year, um, having watched a lot of red zone and some recaps on NFL Plus, what have you. If the Bucks get Mike Evans involved early in the game, and Tom Brady and Mike Evans are on the same page early, it's a different Bucks offense than the one that showed up to play the Cowboys last night. Um, but you got to give credit to the Cowboys; their defense really played well. And Dak Prescott, I'm going to say it right now: I have to, I have to eat some crow. I've never been a Dak Prescott hater. I just don't think that he's as good as people think that he is, but this had to feel great for him last night. One, he yep. silenced a lot of his critics. Two, he had, I'm going to say it, he had the playoff, he had the playoff performance of the weekend without question. Though th- That four, he was 25 of 33. He had those four TD passes. He had the the 24 rush yards and the one more TD. I mean, five touchdowns in a playoff game. You're doing some great things. And, and I'll be interested to see, if now that he can he can finally play with a little a little more confidence, he can say, you know, I've, I I showed a lot of you who doubted me what I can do, and now you're going to see it. And um, you know, if he does if he does a similar performance against the Niners next next game, then we will have to continue to take our hats off to him. And and if the Cowboys manage to get past the Niners, man, that's going to be that's going to be a big thing, but I was surprised the buck, the bucks looked hapless out there. They looked, they looked like a car who had, they had managed to patch it to pass inspection for a year and on the way to the next year's inspection appointment, it broke down that, you know, oh. that that's like the best way I can describe it. It just, you know, Leonard Fournette showing up wearing a playoff Lenny shirt. It didn't look like it. And, and the bucks, they they got away from running the ball because it wasn't working. Yeah. They, they just- that was
0: that was the biggest contributing factor of this game was the fact that Dallas was able to stuff the Buccaneers running game. And yeah, it's a it, big game playoff Lenny's back, five rushes, eleven yards. Yeah. As long as was a six yard run. So he gets stuffed. And this game was just it is all all cowboys in this game. And you gotta give full credit to Mike McCarthy no relation but you got to give you got to give credit to that well, you also got to give credit to Dan Quinn's defense. Dan yes. Quinn came up with a great game plan. And yes, yeah, it's, it's not the Buccaneers from 2 years ago who went all the way in the Super Bowl and and dominated the Chiefs. But Dan Quinn did enough. That was a that was the primary predicate uh, the, the primary objective of this game was to stop the run and make sure Mike Evans doesn't get the ball. doesn't get the ball early. Cause like you said, Dustin, once, once Tom Brady and Mike Evans start getting, getting, uh, getting fired up, it's hard to stop them. Mm-hmm. Very hard to stop them and mission accomplished for the, for the Cowboys and Dan Quinn Gotta give lots of credit to him on, on his game plan for, for the Buccaneers. And I got a question for you, Dustin. What, do you think And we're we're not him he doesn't have ours like abilities we don't yeah. have his. <laughs> but if you're if you're tom brady what do you do after this game do you go to miami do you go to las vegas do you go to god forbid the jets do you retire do you buy the cfl like what do yeah. you do <laughs> after this game what's your what's your thought process right now if you're tom brady
1: oh i have very i have two very conflicting um, moments in my head, but I saw a clip from his, his uh, press conference after the game. And he thanked all the Tampa Bay reporters and he thanked the Tampa Bay organization for bringing him in. He got emotional at the end of it. He had a look of a man to me that, that knows he's done. He, mm-hmm. he had a great career But he looked to me like he just knew that this was it. He knew this was his last. He he said, let's fire it up for one last time. And this was a different look on Tom Brady's face than than I've seen. And, you know, but then there's a part of me. There's a part of me that thinks that even if he does decide – that as of now to walk away because everything is very raw. It's a, it's a loss. It's not the way you want it to go out. You might, you might think, Hey, I don't know if I can do this anymore, but if, if we're into the summer and there are teams that are reaching out to him and saying, you know, we'd love to have you. And as it gets closer to fall and he decides, okay, I don't want to go through an off season training program. I don't want to go through mini camp. But maybe I can fire it up for one last ride because I feel like there's also a part of him that doesn't want to go out like that with a first Mm. round playoff loss. But I also feel like he had the look for the first time, for the first time, I just felt like he had the look and the vibe of someone that said, this is not the way I want to go out, but I don't know if I can get any further than this, you know. Mm. Um, the only the only way that I think that he could come back and get further than than where he got this year based on some of the teams that are out there and the talent they have, he needs to go to a place like the Niners if he's going to come yeah. back. Yeah, And, I, and I agree. Th- that would be the only place. But to me, he had a different look to him when I saw that clip and how emotional he got. I think he's done. What about you?
0: You know, you mentioned the press conference. I didn't watch the game. I, I went to bed pretty early uh, last night. I, I figured the Cowboys would pull it out uh, because of how control, they controlled the ball so well. Oh, yeah. Um, I did not watch the press conference, but from what it sounds like, it sound, Tom Brady sounds like a man who has been through a lot over the mm-hmm. past year. He retired. He hung up the cleats for 40 days, decided to come back. Then his divorce comes out in the open. It's it's out in the open for all to see. His ex- personal life is is, is ex- not so it's exposed, but his personal life is very is is out in the open. Then he had the whole F- FTX thing with the with the crypto going crazy and oh yeah, and that whole thing that. he lost a bunch. He took a bath on that. He um, might be called as a federal witness. You don't know. <laughs> Uh, but it, he sounded like a man who, and and the fact that the the Buccaneers had the season they had, they finished under 500 and they won their division because no, let's be frank, nobody wanted to win that division. Yeah. But he sounded from all indications, from what you're telling me, as he got, as he got very emotional during the end of the pre- not very emotional, but he sounded very emotional okay. during the the, the the end of the press conference. It sounds like a man who has been through the ringer, and if he retires, I don't fault him. If he decides to come back for one last ride, I don't, I don't blame him. Like you said, he needs to go to a place like San Francisco, who has a very balanced offense. Having Christian McCaffrey, I mean, if it takes the hometown discount because he's a San Francisco boy, yeah. And if the Niners decide to pay, uh, if they, you know, they'll let they'll let uh, Jimmy Garoppolo walk and they'll give the bag to, to Christian McCaffrey to keep him for five years. That takes, and having a guy like Debo Samuel as versatile as he is take a yes. lot of pressure off of Brady and he can just sling the rock when he needs to not because he has to mm-hmm. not because he has to because his defense because his his uh, run games were shut down the 49ers have a great offensive line this year's offense for the this year's offensive line for the Buccaneers was not as good as previous seasons but yeah I mean it's, it, it just I, I think he gives it one last ride but he gives it somewhere that he knows he can win a title and San Francisco is their best. San Francisco is their best bet. But again, we're not Tom Brady where we can't get inside his head. We don't know what he's thinking. So, yeah, we'll see what, but, we'll, see what we'll see what happens in the next month or the next month or so.
1: But, you know, and and like I said, I'm relatively confident, as confident as you could be um, at this time that he just. Sounded and looked different, but you brought up you brought up the emotional year and also is the raw emotion of losing in the playoffs. What better way of ending the script? And this is all predicated on whether John Lynch and, and, and Niners ownership wants to do this because as we explained, they have Brock Purdy, they have they have Trey Lance. What do you do? But if they decide to bring in Tom Brady. That would be the most tempting offer because it is his hometown. He takes the hometown discount, and then he writes the script. He gets to finish his career where he grew up with a great team back home, with a young defense too—younger defense yeah. certainly than, defense. than what they had in in Tampa Bay this season. So,
0: yeah, you could be right. You could be right. We'll have to see. The fact of the matter is, he's got his money. He's got his. T- he's got his rings. If he wants to go out on his terms. Give him a league, give him a league minimum, and just let him see what he can do. Mm-hmm. So, before we go to our final story of the night, gonna go with some comments. 60 he says Tom Brace should retire for good, he's 45 and needs to hang it up. What more else does he have to prove? Uh, like we've been saying, we we he might think he might have something else to prove. Yeah, uh, Wonka the scene. I like hating the Cowboys, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we all do, <laughs> <laughs> we like to hate, we like to hate. Uh, Michael Parsons is a good Jeff says nothing new I know Yeah, Michael Parsons yeah, is true <laughs> is if if, if we're up to if, if it was your vote would you give would you give uh, Michael Parsons or Nick Bosa the player of the year Nick it's Bosa the player of the year
1: okay Nick Bosa for me okay and maybe maybe it's a bit of NFC West. obviously I follow the NFC West a little bit more because the Seahawks are in there but but Nick Bosa is a he is a defensive, he is a defensive mastermind, and he also didn't didn't appear to lose his cool a little bit like his brother in the in the in the Charger game there. <laughs> oh, geez, he was mad. Joey oh, he was, was real mad.
0: He was bad. Yeah. All right. Jeff also says nothing but San Francisco a retirement ward for Brady, in my opinion. Yeah, we've been saying that too. And Sick also asked, would the 49ers even considering consider signing Tom Brady? Snowman would be quite irate. It depends on it depends on Brady. Yeah, no, we can't we can't get inside his head. We don't know what his thoughts are. Only he knows what he's thinking. And right now what he's thinking is uh, the season's over.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and the thing is, who knows what motivates an athlete? I mean, LeBron has been on record that he wants to be on the on the court with Bronny when Bronny hits the NBA. That's his motivation. And then he said after that, he's done. So, but you know what, with the way LeBron's what he's 38 years old and he still is playing at the level that he's in. I think that's enough to motivate him. If Brady's got, well,
0: he he hasn't been playing as much lately and his three point shooting skills have. Yes. Yes.
1: I'm not saying that he's necessarily going to make it, but if he uses that as motivation and, and it's enough to push him, then I could see if Brady Brady to me now. I'm not. I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan. Different animals, different different sports. But he seems to have a little bit of that. Um, Jordan could make up a slight in his head. He could make. He could make <laughs> yeah. it up that he had to prove something that that somebody had said something to him and the person never said it. Turns out he just used it as motivating factors. And I think that Brady's got a little bit of that DNA in him as well. Yeah. So who knows?
0: Yep. All right, so the moment we teased in the beginning, we're going to go to the weirdest sports-related story of the week, and it comes out of the NHL. Uh, Vegas goalie Robin Lehner has filed for bankruptcy. He is citing up to $50 million in debts to dozens of creditors, according to ESPN.com. He's filing for chapter seven bankruptcy. And it says it, it, it uh, includes money owed to no more than 50 people, no fewer than 50 people and companies, according to the Las Vegas journal review. And a lot of this seems to stem from missed payments, for a collection of rare snakes he purchased for 1.2 million dollars in 2017 that he keeps at his reptile farm in plato missouri now it, it seems like joe exotic with a few extra steps to me <laughs> and i understand i, I I'll, I'll put this caveat in here i know robin laner has had he is he, is, he has uh talked about his he's been very open about his struggles with alcoholism and mental health issues full credit to him on that side but yeah i i wonder if any of these decisions came while he was going through that the struggle i mean that, that's just my theory yeah. about it i mean mental health can lead you to do ridiculous things and make ridiculous purchases, uh, whether it be on a uh, on just an emotional th- thing or just, just on a whim, but $50 million in debts for if you're a professional hockey player. Yeah. Or professional athlete, period. That's a lot of money.
1: No, it is. And I, I was reading that he had recently signed a $25 million uh, contract yep. with, with the, with the uh, Vegas golden Knights. And you got to figure, well, his family's set for generation. Well, 25 mils, Great money, yeah. But if you're if you're if you're spending fifty mil, you get that's simple math. You're you're yeah. uh, at least half in the hole. And <sighs> you know this is this is, and no shade against Johnny Depp. I'm I'm a big Johnny Depp fan, but apparently old Johnny had a spending problem a few years ago. And I remember reading an article, and I can't remember the specifics. But some of the stuff he was spending on godly money on historical artifacts, he had like seven houses, it got to the point where his financial advisor was like, I quit, I can't, <laughs> I like his a former financial advisor came out. That's where they got a lot of the quotes in the article because Johnny was just spending and he's like, hey, Johnny, you make a ton of money, but you're <laughs> like, you, you're spending a lot more money. You're going to be in some trouble. And finally... <laughs> Finally, supposedly the financial advisor was like, hey, and this just, this just, um, you know, if he, as you, as you, as you have said, if he did some of this while he was struggling with various things, you know, these things happen, but it just is, it's, that's an, uh, that's, that's an ungodly amount of, of spending. Forgive the,
0: yeah. (laughs) it's that's a lot of money i mean a, a yeah. part of it i mean so here it's not just the snakes so apparently he was also he was also the owner um, of 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 a of a company called solar code yeah they're, yeah they're they're in they're in uh about solar energy and eclipse service inc which is let me just look it up real quick
1: yeah, I believe I believe I had read that he and his wife were both were both yeah. involved in those ventures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then then that uh he didn't he didn't make some payments. I was trying to I I have to uh verify some things in the article, but man, that just Man, that's everybody's that's everybody's nightmare, right? To making making some investments that don't work out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so he had surgery on both his hips he's not playing this season he's actually I think he said that I think they are, one of the articles said he was recovering he's playing in a in a Swedish league sure. oh wait no he spent no sorry he he's spending the entire 2022-23 season uh recovering from surgery yeah. on both of his hips now um it's
1: I, that could be a contributing factor too because he you know he's a lot of these, a lot of athletes have been very candid about how hard it is and the mental struggles that you go through trying to recover because you want to be out there. And yeah. also, they in when you're recovering, um, I remember Steve Smith talking about it in his football life um, episode. I, I love football life. Everybody knows this now after last week's episode, but he. Yep. He said, "You're isolated. You're away from your teammates. You want to be there. It's, it's very hard, and you have to try to do things on your own." And he said, "You're also you're not you're not getting the structure of going to the facility, going to the you know it. So that's got to be very hard on on uh, any athlete that's used to that."
0: Yeah, and six says, "When it comes to substance abuse and recovery, one can try to replace old habits with new ones. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Anybody in addiction and recovery." Knows this firsthand uh, that you are trying to replace one thing with another thing. Uh, he also says impulsive impulsive buying is a common habit for those in recovery. Um, also, also very true. He also asks who was who was his financial advisor? Well, apparently, no one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Some some professional athletes just get bored. I mean, it's, that's part of the thing too. Is I, I I remember I remember the thirty for thirty broke. Oh you yeah. Ever seen the thirty for thirty broke that? He just says okay well you see the contract you see the big money and what you're forgetting is that they have set aside money for the agent they have set aside money for the manager their attorneys their business management they do partnerships they do um, other things although but taxes is a big one because because when you go when you play in a certain when you go on the road, you have to pay. And I, I mentioned this at, our, at your get-together the other day. Tyree Kill said, I don't want to play in New Jersey because I have to pay the taxes because yep. they, they pay too much in taxes. Well, guess what? You're still going to be paying New Jersey taxes when you play at MetLife Stadium because if you work in that state for that week, you're paying those taxes there because mm-hmm. that's where you earn your paycheck. So – you're you're paying taxes, and you have tax advisors, you have financial advisors, and a lot of times it just they get bored or they get complacent, or like in this case with Robin Leonard, uh, it's it's addiction issues or 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 sub or or mental health issues that could lead you to make impulsive decisions when it comes to your money. Mm-hmm. And he also says, uh, sick also says when it comes to big money deals, one should have an accountant, a financial advisor and a tax attorney, the rock paper and scissors of finance. Yep. Yep. Every athlete should have that. I think, I think I remember correctly. The the NFL has set up and I don't know if other leagues do this too, but they set up a a workshop for rookies coming into the league every year. And they say, okay, this is what you need to do. You know, the career, the average career of an NFL of someone in the NFL is two and a half seasons. Yeah. if you're going to sign a contract you want to make sure you're set you've set yourself up for life and some guys do it but a lot of guys don't yeah and they went up in a situation where they're in a bad way they're bank they're they're bankrupt in them in a matter of years
1: mm-hmm. no it's a tough and i i think i remember hearing that the financial um financial things that the NFL has put in place for rookies, I think they're part of the rookie symposium. Yes. If I I remember correctly. And Mm -hmm. I also remember reading a few years ago that I think certain teams, I think I'm not sure if any, every NFL team has it. Um, but certain teams have like a player, a current player that, that, um, that the rookies can go to and say, Hey, how did you set up your financial, um, yeah, it's
0: it's usually the it's usually the player rep for the NA for the NF for the players association. It's that particular player rep.
1: I remember reading this was a number of years ago that uh, that the one for the Seahawks was none other than Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode himself, because oh, famously. No, but I'm going to tell you, Marshawn Marshawn's good with that money because he. I remember reading in that article. They said that he has uh, not touched a dime of his NFL contract money. He has lived strictly off of royalties from endorsement deals and also like commercial spots he did in Seattle and other places. and And now his Beast Mode brand he he's got it he's got it set up well for himself. So.
0: Well, it's probably part of the reason we he was able to buy into the fan controlled football.
1: Oh yeah, yeah the, the FCF,
0: the <laughs> FCF. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap things up for another edition of No Credentials Required. We're going. We're also going to, in addition to this episode, you're also going to get a bonus episode on Friday at seven. We'll be reviewing. We'll be previewing the. We'll be previewing the divisional rounds. Tagalong is just joining us.
1: <laughs> As he does.
0: The Tagalong Cam. Here you go. <laughs> but we'll have a special episode, we'll have a bonus episode of the division. We'll be previewing the divisional round with some special. We'll reach out to some special guests. Hey, maybe, maybe Josh and Travis will will stop by. Uh they'll and have some more fun with us. But in the meantime, follow us on our socials right down here below twitter instagram tiktok at no creds req facebook.com forward slash no creds req youtube.com forward slash at no creds req and if you're watching on facebook or youtube smash that like button smash responsibly if you listen to the podcast on the podcast side subscribe to the podcast our primary our primary uh Hub is megaphone, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast. Hi, buddy. And <laughs> rate and review five stars. Tagalong asks. He asks for five stars. This many stars.
1: Yes. Please. <laughs> he asked for
0: five stars. And if you leave a review, we may read it on the air. So if you're watching live, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're listening, thanks for listening. If you're watching the replay, thanks for watching the replay. For my broadcast partner, Dustin Henry, for the show mascot, Tagalong, my name is Ryan McCarthy. I We're your hosts of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. (laughs) We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for watching. We'll be back here on Friday at 7 o'clock Eastern to preview the NFL games. But until then, have a great night. Good night, everybody.